WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up the staffing. Our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and co-founder of both Moz and Bread Approved. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hi, Jillian. What's on today? Hello, Anne. Today, we're chatting with James Newell. He's a partner at Voyager Capital in Seattle and Portland. And I asked him to discuss uh, just many aspects of funding entrepreneurs. Great. But before we do... Uh, hear from James. Uh, let's remind our listeners about the One Seat Challenge. Indeed, the One Seat Challenge. So this is our uh, small step solution to the commonly phrased pipeline problem in improving diversity in business worldwide. So here's the deal. If you're a speaker at any event, from inside your company to anywhere in the world, you could be part of the One Seat Challenge by doing this. When you speak, ask that one seat be set aside and filled with someone who would ordinarily not have access to that event. A student from disadvantaged areas, employees who ordinarily don't get invited to these things, uh, whatever it is, uh, struggling entrepreneurs and so on. You tell the organizer to find somebody and you can look at differences in race, creed, color, economic background, education, even location and age. You give them a seat so they can interact with others in places that matter. The One Seat Challenge, take it today. And when you do, please stop by our Facebook page, that's CEO Coach Podcast, and tell us about it. Now, Jillian, let's welcome our guest and find out more about him. Indeed. Welcome, James, to CEO Coach. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. So, uh, James, you returned to Seattle earlier this year after, what, a dozen years in the Valley? Yeah, just about, yeah. Uh, just about 12 years down there. Okay. And the last seven, you've been investing in startups, Yeah. That's right. I was with a, uh, a firm down in the valley um, called Institutional Venture Partners, or IVP, as it's uh, probably better known. Um, and they're one of the largest, oldest venture firms uh, down in the valley, and 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 focuses. Uh, per, they do primarily later stage uh, technology investing. Ah, okay. So um, at this point, Voyager, I think, funds first rounds, right? Earlier growth opportunities. Yeah, so we do what we call first venture round, um, and so the I would say the vast majority of the companies that uh, that we back will have raised some angel dollars. They will have uh, you know made some progress toward getting a product in market. Maybe they have some revenue, maybe not, um, but they're still a very very early company, um, and so we generally will come in formalize the board, start putting best practices in place, and 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 really try to be a partner uh, for uh, for companies that are looking to take that next step. Great. So before we get into the kind of the nitty gritty of how all of that works, uh, tell us what brought you back to Seattle? You know, it was a it, it was a variety of things. I think, you know, most importantly, uh, was just the opportunity that I saw uh, to, to, to continue building a, a venture firm in the Seattle ecosystem. 
Um, so I had grown up in the area, and and as I like to say, um, or at least I, you know, as I've told people, um, uh, you know, over the last few months since I've been back in town, that uh, I'm not new to Seattle. I'm back in Seattle uh, because mm-hmm. you know people people in the ecosystem can uh, can uh, can draw a distinction between you know locals and and carpetbaggers who are, who are moving to Seattle to seek fame and fortune, um, uh, particularly those coming from the from the Bay Area. Right. Uh, we are very provincial here, aren't we? <laughs> very <laughs> provincial indeed. <laughs> a, a little bit, a little bit. But, it, you know, it all, you know, it, it all stems from, I think, a lot of, uh, you know, pride in being uh, from from the area, you know, which, um, right. you know, of which I am as well. But, um, you know, I didn't I didn't really have particular designs necessarily on getting back to the Pacific Northwest. I mean, I, I love the Bay Area um, just as I love Seattle. And um, and that's a great place to 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 be investing a fantastic ecosystem. But um, I had a, a a bit of a chance meeting with uh, with with one of my now partners. Uh, we'd known each other for a number of years, but uh, bumped into each other at a at the AWS reInvent conference at the end of 2015. And he explained where the where the firm was and uh, everything that was happening in Seattle's ecosystem and what they might be looking for in a new partner. And as he was kind of laying out a spec, I said, "Oh, oh my gosh, I think." I think I I think I kind of fit that description. I think uh, I think he, I think I might be that guy. Um, and so uh, we we started exploring what a mutual fit would look like. And part of that was really, uh, you know, diving in on the Seattle ecosystem and what it would mean to 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 build a venture career in Seattle um, outside of Silicon Valley. Um, and the more and more time that I spent um, doing that, the the more excited I I, I got about the opportunity uh, to come up here and and help be a help you a, a part of the ecosystem and help fund innovation in the region. That sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, I would have taken the same opportunity. <laughs> so um, let's see, you know, we really want to get to the meat of this today. We'd like you to reveal to our listeners how VCs do their work, what to expect when, you know, seeking that capital, getting the capital, working with VCs afterwards and so on, and Voyager in particular, once that capital was invested. So you, you touched on it ever so slightly um, when you said you, you begin with forming a, formalizing a board and putting best practices into effect and so on so that the company can begin to expand. And you see Voyager as kind of a partner in that, not just as putting money on the table. But let's start kind of where, which kinds of companies Voyager invests in. So what industries get your attention? Yeah, so we, uh, we, we're generally um, a, a B2B only firm. Um, so we want, uh, you know, business to business, uh, you know, a, 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 a rational economic buyer, um, and 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 typically, uh, you know, we're backing software companies uh, in the B two B space. So, um, I did some consumer investing earlier uh, in my career, uh, not looking at a, a a lot of consumer stuff today. Um, though I do take a lot of meetings with people in the ecosystem just to help and 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 give feedback and and sometimes make introductions. Um, it's not really with in the strike zone of uh, a Voyager and, and, a, and a, a, a sectors that I think as a firm we understand particularly well. Um, so where we do really well um, is on the B2B side. Um, we tend to divide that up into, uh, into three different buckets. Um, and so that's, uh, that's you know, SaaS or, or, or sort of general, general software cloud infrastructure, which is, um, you know, really kind of the Seattle's the center of the universe when it comes to cloud infrastructure. Uh-huh. Uh, be, being the home of of both AWS and Microsoft, Microsoft Azure, yes. uh, 
And then <laughs> really what, what we used to call analytics, but now today everything is, uh, you know, it's getting an, you know, an AI or, or, or an AI or machine learning washing. So uh, mm-hmm. what, what I lovingly call our buzzword bucket um, is, uh, is, is sort of our, our, our third, um, sector that we invest in. And, um, you know, everything, uh, you know, essentially the entire it stack, um, at least at the application layer is getting rewritten with, uh, you know, with these new techniques. And, um, and so there's going to be some big winners that, that come out of that, uh, that transition. So, so James, let's also talk about the stage of development of the companies Voyager invests in. For example, do you ever invest at the idea stage? And if so, what kind of idea is just so amazing and globally disruptive that Voyager would get involved that early? Yeah, so that's a that's a really great question, and you know, for for I think the the the, the folks that are listening to this podcast, I think it's one of the most important things that they can take out of this conversation is finding a stage appropriate uh, finding a stage appropriate partner um, and so that will not only help in, uh, in 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 finding the right partner because people have specific areas of expertise in the types of companies that they can build but it will also just help your response rate in hearing back from a VC when you reach out or you get an intro um, and so you know I receive a lot of uh, you know from inbound, a lot of inbound from people in the community. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm much more, uh, much more likely to, uh, you know, to be able to be a resource to someone, um, if they are in, uh, you know, if they are, are at the early stage, um, when I get an, in, you know, an, uh, uh, an, uh, reach out from, from somebody who says, Hey, I'm raising $20 million. Uh, and, um, you know, I think the Voyager would be a perfect partner. Um, it's clear to me that they don't understand what Voyager does, um, and that that that's not uh, an outreach that I need to take seriously. Um, but when somebody is very thoughtful about, you know, hey, here, you know, I I understand what Voyager does. I know that uh, you know you guys focus at that first venture round. Um, you know, I'm right now. I'm looking for angel funding, but I wanted to get your take on this because we will raise a venture round in six months. That's a that's a meeting that um, you know that, that that myself or or other people in the venture community will almost always take um, because uh, because of the how you know how thoughtful and, and what an understanding uh, how, how thoughtful they've been in understanding um, what is in our strike zone. So uh, it's clear that really counts, and we need to take a break. But when we come back, um, I know we want to talk some more about uh, uh, the the whole parameter of understanding who you are, who Voyager is. So we need to take a break. Uh, this is CEO Coach. We'll be right back with James Newell of Voyager Capital. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. 
Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We are talking today with James Newell, partner at Voyager Capital in Seattle. Uh, James, before the break, you were talking about understanding um, who and what Voyager is, what you do, and that that kind of uh, 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 startup entrepreneur that comes to you with clearly having done their homework and knowing um, what is important to you uh, will get your ear way faster than uh, somebody who hasn't. That's right, right? Absolutely. A thoughtful Mm -hmm. outreach will always receive a thoughtful response. Um, and you know, when, when, you know, when you make yourself generally available to the community, you get, you get a fair amount of, you know, dear sir, I'm, you know, I'm so-and-so and I'm, you know, raising, you know, X million dollars. And, and, and so you need to be able to, you know, triage those things quickly for what might be interesting to you. And, and, and the best way to do that, um, for, for, for people in the, in the venture world is to, is to try to figure out like, Hey, has this person been thoughtful in, uh, in understanding why they're reaching out, um, and and so that's that's kind of the first line of defense in in, in managing an inbox that uh, that does get a lot of inbound. I would agree. It's uh, you know the um, I don't know dear occupant uh, you know sure. non curated letter is uh, you know it just comes fast and furious all the time. It, you know the box gets filled up with all of those kinds of things, and then there's the third party referral. And if the third party is somebody kind of that uh, is, is engaged in the ecosystem, that's one thing. But if the third party is a broker, then it's another. And so again, um, I would agree. You you got to do your research and and write a real letter. <laughs> Yep. Okay. So um, tell me, um, well, a little bit first, uh, the locations. I think, are you only focused on the Northwest at this point? And if so, how large is that? Um, we're not only focused on the Northwest, um, but we do, uh, you know, as a firm, we have offices uh, in, in Seattle uh, and Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have we have we have we also have a pre- presence down in the Bay Area, um, though I think we've 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 somewhat de-emphasized um, new investing in that ecosystem. Um, there, uh, there are uh, you know there are hundreds of firms in the Bay Area. Um, yes. So the it's extremely well covered. There is plenty of venture capital, um, and uh, and and it's just it's it's a little bit different style of investing down there. Um, companies take. They take more capital to build because it's more expensive to scale a company down there, yes. uh, and so they raise they raise a little bit more. Uh, the rounds tend to happen faster, um, and so there's advantages and disadvantages between the two ecosystems. And, and obviously, I understand that well, having um, spent so much time in in, in both of them. Um, but in terms of where uh, we think we have the the best chance to be successful, um, it's it, it's in the Pacific Northwest where. Um, the opportunity to build a, uh, a a great company is uh, is just as great. They uh, you know they, they they can scale more capital efficiently. Uh, you know from a founder perspective, uh, you know it's it's great for them because they can raise less capital and take less dilution. 
um, and uh, and and in as a as an early stage firm, we can take uh, you know an ownership stake and and uh, keep our ownership higher uh, over over time because we see less dilution as well. So. Um, mm-hmm. We have a presence um, in 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 what we're, we actually call the Cascadia region because we're um, we're also very excited about what we're seeing up in Vancouver, BC. Um, yes, I think that we're going to uh, spend the, uh, the the time and attention that 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 formerly went into the Bay Area, and I think we're going to um, devote that to uh, the Pacific Northwest and, and as well as Vancouver. It's very exciting for the Pacific Northwest and Vancouver because we need a serious VC up in this neck of the woods, and uh, we need more of them, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, but um, in terms of the exit, uh, you look at companies where you say, this company will sell for kind of what amount of money or more? You're going to want a reasonable multiple for your uh, investment. What kind of a sweet spot does that look like? I mean, the company comes into you and says, wait, gee, I'm going to be a... 35 mile a million, you know, a 35 million dollar company, and you go, mm, that's nice. Uh, but at what point do you go, okay, that becomes interesting? Yeah, I mean, I think from a from a portfolio perspective, um, you know, most most venture firms will tell you that they're trying to drive their portfolio to somewhere between three and five x. Um, the you know the the amount of capital that we raise, we want we will want to return to our LPs somewhere between three and five x uh, that amount. Over a you know ten year period essentially that's 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 kind of the high level goal for us, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, every firm is going to have a different uh, perspective on how they construct that portfolio. Um, so if you think about you know if you have twenty companies in that portfolio, there's a lot of different ways that you can get there. You can have every firm in the uh, every every company in the in the fund uh, return a three to five x, um, or you could have one. Uh, uh, one firm return, uh, you know, 50x, and a bun- and then have a bunch of zeros. Um, and so there's right. there, there's a, there, you know, every, and 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 that's one of the uh, things that's a little bit different between <clears throat> what you see in the Bay Area and and what you see up here, um, because I think that uh, you know the uh, uh, the the venture game in the Bay Area. Um, you do see more of those, uh, you know, major outlier outcomes um, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the the Googles, the Facebooks. Right. Looking uh, for the 50 to 100x or 1000x and then everything yeah. else is zero. Are you looking, though, here in the Northwest at more of those, gee, we'd like to shoot for a lot of five to six x's. And if they come up at twos and threes plus fives and sixes, then we have our balance and, and we're good to go. Is that your focus? Or are you also say, I will take a large portfolio of companies of which one, I hope, will be that outlier and I'm willing to let the others burn. I think that uh, well, you're certainly not willing to let uh, to let any of them burn. I think that the um, the the outcomes, the distribution of outcomes in the Pacific Northwest is probably a little bit tighter in the than it is in the Bay Area, um, and that's not because the people up here are necessarily any less ambitious. I just think, um, you know, I think that's driven by a few factors. Probably most important is is the availability of capital. Um, yes, I think that that there is a a a probably stronger risk-taking culture in the Bay Area and people are willing to put uh, you know more and more money into companies to try to drive a huge outcome and and truthfully when you start raising those kinds of rounds um, it, it it almost becomes necessary um, and so in terms of uh, you know a, a Voyager as an early stage 
uh, as an early stage firm, we can be highly successful, um, you know, if we sell a company for 300 million, um, where and that's a and that's a great outcome because we've gotten in at a you know at a at a, at a low valuation and, and driven great ownership um, for our firm in the Bay Area. Um, you know, if y- y- you're seeing a lot of companies that are getting set up. And if they don't, uh, you know, ultimately return more than a billion dollars, then there's going to be a lot of unhappy people in the cap table. Um, and so the problem you run into uh, under those circumstances is that, is that there's actually just very, very few acquisitions that are done over a billion dollars. Um, and so, you know, I think that you and I could probably count on 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 our hands the number of of acquirers that are capable of digesting a billion dollar acquisition. Um, and it's all the obvious names that, you know, that you would know. Um, and so if they decide that a certain area isn't strategic, um, then you're really limited to uh, whether the IPO market is open um, and whether public investors uh, are uh, receptive to a given company. Um, and so you're going to see a lot of companies um, and you've seen a few recently uh, get out into the public markets, uh, and then and then trade down, um, and and so this unicorn phenomenon um, is something that's 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 really being driven by this Bay Area style of investing, um, and uh, and isn't necessarily what is uh, is practiced up here in the in the Pacific Northwest. That makes good sense. Um, so. Uh you know, a couple of other things then. Uh, what does, if you will, interest look like? Somebody, I don't know, you make a cold call into Voyager or you uh, get an introduction and so on. You see the email and then yep. you respond. You say, sure, let's meet. So now we have a meeting. How does an entrepreneur know when you particularly or Voyager in general is interested? What does it- signal look like? You know yeah. what? Let's give James okay. time to think about that because that's a really important question. Uh, and we need to take a break for some All really right. important sponsors. So uh, we'll come back with James Newell and that really telling how do you know when there's interest? This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Not on my watch, our military service members say, as they volunteer to serve, as they move out, stand firm, and take fire. So not on our watch, we say, to the severely ill or injured veterans who can't get the care they deserve to live full and independent lives. 
Even when there's no government funding or a nursing home seems like the only option, we won't leave one warrior behind. Not on our watch. Join us at findwwp.org. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We've been chatting today with early stage investor James Newell. Okay, James, before we go to hottest tips for entrepreneurs, which we always like to end our shows with some takeaways for them, there was that question that Jillian asked you, which I think is that the key of everything is how does an entrepreneur know that you have interest? What are the signs? Yeah, so I try to be 100% transparent with the with with anybody that I'm dealing with. Um, and so if somebody really wants to know, hey, what's your level of interest here or what what questions are you thinking about? They can just ask. Um, and I try to do that along every, every step of the way. Um, I've never been a believer that, uh, uh, you know, p- playing some sort of negotiation tactics or game right. theory is going to help me in the long run. Um, I'm trying to answer, you know, I'm trying to get to an answer on whether or not I want this company in the portfolio. And if I have questions, the easiest way to get an answer to that is to ask the, you know, is to ask the founders and say, hey, um, you know, this is what I, this is what I'm struggling with. What do you think? Okay. Um, so the big takeaway is if you want to know, just ask, <laughs> but, well, but seriously, James, as you look at something, as, as you begin your conversation, right, you sit yep. down to coffee and you, you start asking questions and so on. Yep. Um, when you, uh, you indicate to the entrepreneur, okay, so this looks interesting. I need to know whatever, and they can send it to you via email. They can talk about it right there, whatever that takes. Um, yep. And then what happens from there? You say, you know, this does look interesting enough. And I think, uh, you know, folks are want to do it. Do they head down to the valley then for another interview? What happens from there? Yeah. So the 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 most important kind of in, what, what I would consider an indication of interest, or at least if I was on the other side of the table, what I would look for um, is when I introduce uh, a, a founder or a team to my partners. Um, and so like, like, like the vast, vast majority of firms, um, you know, we use consensus decision-making. And so at the point where I've introduced you to my partners, I've decided that what, what, um, you know, what, what you're working on is interesting enough that I'm going to ask one of my partners for their time and their perspective on it. Um, and so, you know, I, I like to say, Hey, my time's not that valuable, but I, I try to be thoughtful in, uh, asking other people for time. And so that's probably the, the most concrete um, uh, indication of interest. When I say, hey, I want you to come by and meet some of my partners, um, that's, mm-hmm. that's really when you can tell that a firm is leaning in. That sounds good. And then before we have to close up the show, we generally like to get some top tips. What would be your top tips for an, an entrepreneur who says, I would like to get venture capital and I want to talk to James? Uh, what would you suggest? Or maybe even generically, I want to raise capital. What do they need to know? Yeah, so the first thing, um, and, and this is this is going to sound uh, uh, not very self-serving and a little bit counterintuitive, is, um, you know, really assess whether you need to raise venture capital. Um, and mm-hmm. so the vast majority of companies, um, even technology companies, don't need to raise venture capital. Um, and so, you know, as a founder, uh, I think that you really need to spend a lot of time thinking about whether this is an appropriate, uh, you know, whether this is an appropriate means of funding your business. 
I would agree. I would agree. I, I generally counsel entrepreneurs the same. This is the most expensive money you will ever borrow. Are you sure that it is going to mean the difference between success and either failure or, you know, really mediocre success? If you're sure of it, then go ahead. Exactly. So, exactly. so what's your what's your tip number two? Um, in terms of. Uh, it- The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.